You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? Good, good. My name is Jose. Hi, Jose. Uh, Thank you very much for this opportunity. I'm really excited to be on here. I'm excited to have you. It's the first time I do something like this, so I'm a little (laughs) nervous. You're going to be famous now. Um, (laughs) What can I help you with? So I think um, I'm. It's a little bit background about myself. I'm a bit of a non-traditional student. I graduated from NYU as a pre-med, except I didn't, or I think my um, grades for pre-med weren't so great. I then did a master's, and I think one of the things that I really want to discuss with you is how do I explain that career of, you know, not doing so well in undergrad, but then taking on like higher level sciences through a master's and even an MPH and saying how, um, you know, how do I explain my bad grades? I think that's really. Yeah. At the end of the day, you you tell the truth. Why do you think you got bad grades? Um, So I definitely think I was a little bit excited about going into college. I really thought that I could do the same thing I did in high school, just focus on school, um, do running cross country and kind of like find a bunch of friends. So I think that was a little bit. Okay. Well, that, that, that would make sense for a semester or a year. And then you go, well, crap, that didn't work well. Let me, let me change what I did. Why, why did you consistently have issues if you, if you did? Um, so then on a personal matter, I think, so that happened in sophomore year where I was like, oh man, that didn't work. So let me try and fixing it. And as I tried to fix it, my dad got diagnosed with type two diabetes. And for me, family has been something that has been important. So I ended up going back home a lot. So I went to NYU undergrad and lived on Long Island. That's where my parents were. So I often commuted a lot. And I think I didn't really prioritize that as well as my studies. I kind of thought I could still continue, um, you know, studying and volunteering and also helping my dad. But I didn't really take into account how much time it takes to like commute. (laughs) Yeah. These doctor visits. Yeah. Okay. So some distraction there. Second year, what happened in third year? Uh, third year is when I kind of realized that I kind of really need to get my stuff together. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't really even have a chance to um, be a good candidate for medical school. Okay. So what I did there was really focused mostly on my schoolwork. And I think it was the pressure of knowing that if I didn't do well, I wouldn't really have a chance of going to medical school. I think that's what really made me understand the importance of focusing just on studying and also just helping my dad. So I think that's where, uh, you know, I kind of learned the hard way that maybe I need to take more time for studying and other and my own personal priority instead of trying to do several things and uh, I guess trying to spread myself thin. Okay. So uh, I thought you were going to say that you finally figured it out third year, but I think you're saying that you still didn't figure it out third year. 
Yeah. So I think that was really okay. a great weakness. And what about fourth year? Fourth year is where I really figure it out. And okay. I was um, at that point, though, I was only taking one pre-med course. So and um, so, so did you really figure it out or did you, did you just stop taking the courses that you really struggled with? Um, I think that's where I stopped taking the courses I struggled with. Okay. Um, so I, at that point, maybe I just was focusing more on just graduating. Okay. Because after graduating undergrad, I did do like a postback program where okay. I did take, retake some of the classes that I struggled with, for example, organic chemistry, physics. Was it, a, uh, was it a formal program or just informal taking classes? Yeah, informal taking classes at okay. Stony Brook. Okay, so different university, not, not at NYU again. Mm -hmm. uh, and how did you do in those courses? Um, I think I, I did really well, uh, way better than at NYU. Okay. And I think, um, granted, I did retake like organic chemistry, so I had some prior background, but I, I really knew how to focus better for okay. that. I really knew the amount of time I needed to dedicate with that class. Yeah. And um, were you when living I was, at home at that point? Because Stony Brook's on Long Island. Yeah. I've, and so I think that played a part. Yeah, I think that played a major part because I was going to say that the fact that I was at NYU, even though I was in the city and I was close to home, I decided to live in the city mm -hmm. as opposed to Stony Brook, where I just commuted and lived at home and kind of made things easier for me. Yeah, makes sense. How many credits did you do at Stony Brook? Uh, it was about 12 credits. So, okay, only 12, not a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So, what, three classes, four classes? And yeah. you did well there, close to a 4.0, mm -hmm. I'm assuming? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what? Um, and then I, so I did that for about a year and a half. Um, okay, so so there there's a, another potential question. A year and a half and 12 credits tells me you took one class a semester. Oh, sorry. I, um, in total, I did about 20 credits, but in a span of a year and a half. So I okay. did, yeah. Um, cause then I, the following year I took more classes. Okay. And, um, after that, uh, once I felt like my, pre-med classes were a little bit better, I did uh, start to apply to master programs okay. just so that I could take on graduate level science courses. Okay. And what type of masters did you end up doing? Uh, I did a master's in physiology at first at Case Western Reserve. Okay. And how did you do there? I did really well. I okay. think compared to undergraduate, it was a big improvement. Okay. Um, what was the was biggest difference for you? The biggest difference was that I was really surrounded by a lot of people that were solely in there for, or they had the same goal of going to medical school. So I kind of fed on that motivation of really studying and really having a support system of whether or not, you know, if people really needed to study, I would join them and study. So something that I discovered was that study groups was a great resource. Yeah. Instead of just trying to study everything on my own. <laughs> yeah. Study groups are, are very good. Okay. Uh, how did you do in the master's in terms of GPA? Uh, it was about 
Okay, so still not stellar. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, why not stellar? I think I was still discovering how to focus on school, okay, but also work on my um, extracurricular activities in order to be a better applicant to medical school. Okay, so I did volunteer a couple of places, um, and I think maybe not jumping right away into those things and just the first year of my graduate program trying to only focus on my grades. Mm. So I think that's what... How many years was the program? Two years? It was two years, yes. And, and what's the GPA difference between each of the years? Uh, it was consistent, 3.5. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you is that you're just not a stellar student. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And that may be a potential issue when it comes to applying to medical school. So all really that I heard from you going back to undergrad is you just get overwhelmed with courses and you don't do very well. Mm-hmm. No matter what the reason is why you're overwhelmed, whether it's just transitioning to undergrad, not knowing how to study, not knowing how to use resources, dad getting diagnosed with diabetes, whatever it is, you aren't a, an A student, mm-hmm. right? You're a B plus student. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And we just need to hope that medical schools will accept you as a B plus student. Mm-hmm. you're in the middle of a cycle now. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. So the question that you have for me is how can you explain the bad grades? But you're in the middle of a cycle now. So there's really not much you can do to explain anything. Mm-hmm. What What did you do in, in terms of personal statement, activities, secondaries? Did you talk about your grades anywhere? Uh, yeah. So some of the secondaries did ask me about a time where my grades or if I wanted to explain something that wasn't so stellar. And uh, I think my reasoning was that if I could explain to them that I was doing all these things and really being impacted by my father's diagnosis, then that could explain why I did but that was, that was just one semester, one year. Mm. Why'd, you, why'd you only get a 3.5 in your master's program? Right? And, I, and I say that, right? 3.5 is not bad. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to prove academic ability to a medical school, we want to be as close to a 4.0 as possible. Right? That's just mm. unfortunately what it takes when you're trying to prove academic capability. Now, you don't have to have a 4.0 to get into medical school. That's not what I'm saying. But when you are starting off with early struggles, that means the later courses need to be as close to a 4.0 as possible to just show like, hey, look, I'm good. I'm okay here. Mm. Now, Mm. the question is, will a 3.5 be sufficient for that? And that's just you apply to medical school and you you cross your fingers and you hope hope that it is. Mm. When you say, right, how do I potentially explain my grades? And you have this long track record of just not doing super great. And you're like, well, my dad was diagnosed with diabetes. To me, that's just an excuse. 
Mm. Right. And mm. obviously dealing with family health issues, it's it's hard, right? I'm I'm not I'm not diminishing that fact. Don't please don't take it like that. Mm. But mm. but when you have one semester or one year of dealing with that, and obviously diabetes just I mean, you you can get rid of it depending on on lifestyle, diet, whatever, but it could be a chronic thing and, and your dad could still be dealing with this things that is still affecting you. But mm. at some point the medical schools are going to expect you to adjust because mm. the same thing's going to happen in medical school. The same thing's going to happen in residency. Things are going to get thrown your way that are going to throw you off your game and you're going to be expected to adjust. And you haven't done that academically. Mm. And that's going to be the biggest question mark in terms of medical school's judging you on your academic capability, right? Right or wrong, that's just, they need to make sure that you're going to finish medical school, first and foremost. Now, is a 3.5 GPA good enough to get through medical school? Probably, probably. But when you're dealing with a student who's trying to overcome early struggles, we just, we like to see a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So let's put GPA aside, right? So. At the end of the day, the, the answer to your question is how do you explain it is you tell the truth. But I think mm -hmm. your truth is you just you've you've always had a lot of stuff going on in your life and have never been able to fully focus on grades. And, and so they're just not as good as you want them to be. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, right? That, that <laughs> seems like it's the truth. I, I wouldn't necessarily go, well, I'm just a 3.5 student. Um, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. So let's let's put grades aside for a minute. How'd you do on the MCAT? Uh, I think I did uh, pretty well, or at least above average. Okay. Uh, well, five, a 501 is above average, and that's not pretty well. Mm. Um, to be specific, I did get a 507. Okay. So 507 is a very, very good score, right? It's not a stellar score. It's that B-plus score again, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a good score. Okay. So potentially eases some concerns of medical schools with maybe a little bit lower of a GPA, but a decent MCAT score. It's mm -hmm. it's still a little bit lower than the average for matriculants to medical school, but it's it's not mm -hmm. a it's not a bad score. So okay, we got a 507 there. Mm -hmm. What about um the rest of your application? How do you think you're doing there? I think that's where I really shine. Um, and it's kind of a lot of the things you said um, hearing it from you and someone else, it just makes more sense. Um, really just saying, oh, my dad got diagnosed and there were all these things going on does sound like an excuse. Um, but when I say it that I've just always been overwhelmed and I never had some time to focus on my grades specifically, um, I think that really does speak to the truth. And, um, for example, I think a lot of my extracurriculars are really strong. Uh, during the time I was studying for the MCAT, I worked full-time. So in that job, my title is a clinical research coordinator. But uh, what I spe um, specialize in is enrolling patients into our type 2 diabetes uh, telehealth study. And... Um, what we're doing there is we're really just trying to see if patients from underserved communities are willing to enroll in our study. And um, 
I really enjoy that job because I get to the opportunity to talk to patients, but also uh, my PI is really great at just giving us opportunities to do data entry, to collect data, to even come up with our own sub-studies. So I've really been working on uh, coming up with particular ideas and studies that I could publish as a first author. Nice. So some examples are like uh, finding out why Hispanic Latino patients don't want to participate into in research. Yeah. Um, you nobody know. got time for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, so activity wise, it sounds like you got lots of good activities. <laughs> You're in the middle of an application now. Have you had any interviews? Yes. Uh, my actually on Wednesday, I had an interview with uh, SUNY Downstate. Great. Okay. Yeah. And how did it go? Um, I think it went it went really well. Overall, went really well. Okay. I think uh, one my challenge was just um, just trying to be real in a sense. Yeah. Um, That's all. Just not, be yourself. <laughs> um, and at first, I was nervous, kind of like trying to remember the things that I wrote and or the things that the themes that I tried wanted to make a point of. But yeah, that's, that's not how to prepare for an interview. Um, that's okay. Um, yeah, you got, you got to get rid of all of the like, I scripted all this stuff out and these themes that I want to talk about, like, just have a conversation. Mm. That's all you need mm -hmm. to do. And that makes it so much easier. Just have a conversation. Mm. Okay. So you, you had one interview, any others? Uh, no, not okay. any. So far. Okay. Um, it only takes one. That's all it takes. Yeah. Uh, no rejections yeah. so far. And so. and did your grades come up at all in the interview? Uh, yeah, so they did. Uh, they just asked. So in two ways. One was explain, um, you know, one of your weaknesses in your application, which was my grades. And the second one was uh, tell me of a time in undergraduate that you struggled with a class and what did you do to overcome it? Okay. So they, they didn't specifically say like, Jose, why did you do so poorly here? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You, you chose to, the, one specifically was about grades, but the, or, or a class, not even grades in a class, but just a class. You chose to answer it based on GPA, uh, it sounds like. Uh, mm. And the other one wasn't necessarily about GPA, but you decided to focus on that. And so that, that's not a bad thing. That's just what you decided to focus on. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and and you felt like you answered it okay? Yeah, I think um, I answered it similarly to what I was telling you um, earlier. Okay. But I think what I could have done better from our conversation is just knowing that one of my weaknesses is learning to handle several things at a time while still focusing on that one main important thing of grades. Yeah. Time management, it's always an issue. Yeah. Okay. Anything else I can help you with? Um, and I think uh, personally, which sometimes I, I even struggled during the primary and secondary application is um, how do I deal with, in a, with like medical conditions that are personal to me? For example, um, again, I don't want to use an excuse, but... I did recently, well, the past couple of years, I did get diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So is that something that 
I discuss or is that something I just learn from? Yeah. I, you, you and everyone else being diagnosed with ADHD, again, not, not to minimize how it affects you, but it's not something that you need to discuss at all with the medical schools prior to uh, an interview, prior to an acceptance. Uh, if you need any sort of accommodations uh, with ADHD, then that's just something post-acceptance you talk to the school about. That's part of kind of the the welcome packet and everything else, all the paperwork that you deal with when when you get accepted to school. They, they ask those types of questions. Um, mm. But yeah, it's you just live with it and learn learn to uh, to to have it just be a part of you. That's mm, it, mm, and then just learn more from the experiences of what has happened. Yeah, spoke about before. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. I think that's good because uh, so far I haven't really mentioned it anywhere. Yeah, you don't need so. to. <laughs> don't need All right. to. Uh, well, t- talk about the, the MCAT. You did, you did relatively well on the MCAT. T- talk about your preparation for that. Uh, so I did use Blueprint. So, and I think I really liked it because, um, I mean, I think now they have like sh- classes and things like that mm-hmm. but what i used was the self-paced classes okay and really liked it because it was structured but i was able to work it into my schedule mm-hmm. and um since i did work full-time i was able to like include the hours that i could study and i think that helped me yeah uh, for me like what i've learned is that i need structure in my studying and um even if it's me myself writing down study three hours, you know, <laughs> just writing it down, knowing that I need to get this done is helpful. And the fact that Blueprint was able to do that for me and just um, rotate all the subjects into my studying, I think that's what really helped me do well in this MCAT because I did take it already once. And when I did take it, I kind of was all over the place yeah. or just kind of would focus on one thing, which okay. with the MCAT, there's four different subject areas. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of subjects in those sections. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so it was a retake. What'd you get the first time? Uh, the first time I got a 500. Okay. So seven point mm-hmm. increase. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, specifically the car section, I was in the 128. And this time I got a 132. Wow. Yeah. So Congrats. it was, um, thank you. And, and I think that was all part of Blueprint because it just really focused on strategies, mm-hmm. especially with cars and knowing that I can't just study for it. <laughs> I need yeah. to just practice. Yeah. Got to learn it. Got to learn it. Awesome. Well, Jose, good luck to you. Fingers crossed that the, the cycle turns out positive for you. Thanks for coming on and asking some great questions. Thank you, Dr. Gray. Thanks for the opportunity. Really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.